John Stewart is back at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition wherever you get your podcasts. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Stephen Colbert and folks as crazy as the world seems and uh, she do seem crazy it's comforting ever so often to be reminded that actions still have consequences and even when those consequences are awful it's nice to know you weren't crazy when you pointed out those consequences were careening down the highway toward all of us like a jackknife manure spreader Case in point, for years, the GOP said nothing while the former president told over 30,000 verifiable lies. That's 20 lies a day. I I don't always get in 20 steps a day. (laughs) So no one should be surprised when that party is the party that produces newly elected Representative George Santos. (laughs) Seen here asking, are you there, God? It's me, LL Cool J. We already knew. We already knew Santos lied about attending Baruch College and being on the volleyball team. But recently, a a radio clip that had surfaced from 2020 demonstrates just how much Santos loves spreading his lies. He does it with a real joie de cive. When I was in Baruch, we were the number one volleyball team. Did you graduate from Baruch? uh, Did you graduate from there? Yeah. So did I. I did. did. So did I. Oh, very cool. Great school. Great institution. Very liberal, but very good. Very good professors. Oh, yeah, yeah, great, great, great school, great professors. Dumbledore, McGonagall, the, uh... The nutty, uh... Santos continued to fabricate, telling a story with a sad, made-up ending. We went to, to play against Harvard, Yale, and we slay them. <laughs> we slay them. We were champions across the entire Northeast Corridor, every school that came up against us. They were shaking at the time. Look, I sacrificed both my knees and got very nice knee replacements, uh, knee replacements from oh, wow. HSS playing volleyball. That's how serious I took the game. It's true. Doctors say one of the most dangerous sports is imaginary volleyball. <laughs> but Santos, I mean, to play injured, to pretend to play injured, that's all hard. But Santos didn't stop with the BS and BS. In a recently unearthed 2020 podcast, Santos bragged about graduating from NYU with an MBA. If you want to learn more about his inspiring time in grad school, you can read his memoir, I Am Malala. (laughs) Never get tired of those. I just never get tired of those jokes. Here's Santos' inspiring message on the show. I put myself through college and got an MBA from NYU, and I have zero debt. It's hard work. You got to do it. It is. It's a lot of hard work. You try getting a graduate degree with no knees. (laughs) Hold on. I'm coming. I'm late for class. I'm coming. I'm coming. (laughs) 
He ended the interview with a powerful message to the youth. Nothing comes for free. Nothing in life is free. And the harder you work for something, the more you want it. And the more you want it, the more rewarding it is. I hate looking at youth today and seeing them sitting on their behinds and acting like, you know, oh, this is so hard. Yeah, you lazy youth. <laughs> How many accomplishments did you make up today? One, two? <laughs> George Santos tells 10 lies before breakfast. No, I'm mad. You think it's easy kiting checks and keeping track of which sport you pretended to play at which college you pretended to attend? <laughs> no, but you gotta dig down like George did so he could make his parents proud. His sweet, sweet parents, Rosa Parks and the Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> Both of whom... Is this on? Both of whom were strangled by Hitler on the shores of Iwo Jima. <laughs> Save the Mewa. Of course... Oh, is this mic upside down? Is the mic upside... <laughs> it is. Mic's upside down. There you go. There you go. Hello. Hello? They love it when I do that up in the booth. Of course, uh, in all of that, Santos was just emulating the former president, the leader of the GOP, who was defended repeatedly by his party and rewarded for all of his lies. But don't take my word for it. Listen to what Santos said after losing his first run for Congress. Here he is on January 5th of 2021 at a Stop the Steal rally. They did to me what they did to Donald J. Trump. They stole my election. And he knows stealing when he sees it because, and this is true, he made that speech in a scarf he stole from his roommates. <laughs> so, it's a metaphor. This scarf is a metaphor for... So he says that on January 5th, January 6th, of course, there's a violent insurrection up at the Capitol. And since that day... The majority of Republican politicians in America have supported the former president's big lie all across this country while simultaneously making it easier and easier to get guns without a license, which is why, logically, all of that would have this consequence. Yesterday in New Mexico, a former 2022 Republican candidate who believes his election was stolen was arrested in shootings at Democrats' homes. His name is Solomon Pena, seen here being taken into custody by Ben Affleck, and that guy from Reno 911. <laughs> Keep in mind, thank you for your service. Keep in mind, Pena claims his race was stolen by the incumbent Democrat, even though he lost by 48 points. That's a pretty decisive win. Those are the kind of numbers you see usually only when the Kansas City Chiefs go up against the Golden Girls. <laughs> People, please say, please say, thank you. Police say, <laughs> police say, Police say Pena hired four men to attack the Democrats, and he sent them text messages with addresses where he wanted them to shoot up the homes, making him the plot's mastermind, because nothing says mastermind like leaving an incandescent trail of digital evidence. I am texting you all the details of the illegal crime we are criming. Also, what's your Venmo? I'll pay you with a memo. Crazy face explosion. Now on three, everyone lick their fingers and put their thumbs on the gun. Ah. Ah. I don't know. Turns out, no surprise, no surprise, Pena was a January 6th attendee 
and had been convicted of felonies that include burglary, larceny, receiving stolen property, and contributing to the delinquency of a minor. So evidently, at this point, no one is vetting GOP candidates for office. <laughs> I look forward to 2024 presidential nominee Buffalo Bill. You know his slogan, <laughs> it puts the ballot in the box. <laughs> of course, to get... Of course, to get that nomination, Buffalo Bill is going to have to beat a host of other GOP crazy candidates. For instance, Florida governor and kid watching mom and dad bring home his new baby brother, <laughs> Ron DeSantis. In recent polls of GOP voters, DeSantis has a lead over the former president, but he is missing one thing. Insiders say that for all of his smarts and shrewdness, he lacks charm. Oh, come on! You're telling me this man lacks charm? <laughs> He's got the smooth style of a non-playable character in a PlayStation 2 game. <laughs> Get... Hey. Hey. Get out of my bank with your skateboard, Tony Hawk. <laughs> Apparently, DeSantis is turning off Republican donors because he has an aversion to schmoozing. As one Florida political leader described the feelings donors have when they actually meet the candidate, Ron is at his best on paper. <laughs> then you meet him and you say, oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's true. It's true. DeSantis is best on paper, specifically that roll by the toilet. <laughs> In lighter news... <laughs> fold? <laughs> you fold her? Crumple? Oh, boy. In lighter news, the Taliban. They've been... <laughs> making headlines this week after they started buying blue check marks on Twitter. That is not good. I don't want that. Now Twitter might be full of awful men saying terrible things about women. So far, yeah, yeah. So far, at least two Taliban leaders have taken Elon Musk up on his offer to pay $8 a month for verification, including the head of the Taliban's Department for Access to Information. You know their motto, no! Now, if you think giving a terrorist organization official status on Twitter is a little shady, you're not alone. There was a huge backlash leading to the Twitter verified check marks bought by the Taliban being removed. Well, great. Now we won't know if they're really the ones sending the awful tweets. A woman's place is in the home, obedient to her husband. Is that the Taliban? Oh, that's Sam Alito. <laughs> we got a great show for you tonight. Coming up, Jesse. Are you ready for an all-new season of Survivor? You better be, because Survivor 46 is here, and it's 90 minutes of twists and turns you don't want to miss. Better yet, after each episode, there's a brand-new episode of On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. Each week, we go behind the scenes of the episode's biggest moments, taking you into the how and the why things happened. And this season, we're very lucky to be joined by an expert, the winner of Survivor 45, Devaya Daris. What is up? I'm thrilled to be joining this team and to be giving you my take on how and the why players made the moves they did, what it takes to outwit, outplay, and outlast, and to ask Jeff some questions because even after 26 days out there, there is still a lot for me to uncover. Bring it, D. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast.
Welcome back, everybody. My first guest tonight is an actor you know from the social network. Now you see me, and Fleischman is in trouble. Please welcome back to The Late Show, Jesse Eisenberg. To you. Well, thanks so much to see you. Thank you so nice much. Nice to see you again. Please, please nice have to a see seat. you too. Thank uh, you so listen, much. Listen, it's really lovely to see you again. As I was saying backstage, it's 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 been a minute since yes, we've seen no, you. It's so great to see you. Thank you were you so here much. in 2015 on our 16th show. Yeah, yeah. We you, it, it is uh, uh, 1,348 shows later. Wow. That's, you know, a, that's a lot to cover. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I don't want to catch up on all seven years, so let's just stick with the holidays. Okay, we can how, do that, how, yeah. How were those? Did you did just, you have a lovely time? A lovely, a... relaxing, refreshing, rejuvenating time for 2023? I wouldn't I wouldn't use any of those adjectives, but no. Um, Not I, lovely, relaxing, or rejuvenating? No, I had a wonderful, bizarre time. My wife and I go to this, like, uh, Balkan uh, dance camp. Uh, I'm sorry, at... a Balkan dance camp? Yeah, do you not? I don't, I've that, never Balkan danced. That's the most obvious thing you've ever heard. No. Um, yeah, no, so there's, uh, yeah, people... So is it in the Balkans? I'm sorry, is it in the Balkans, or are you, are you, are you someplace doing Balkan... That's style it. dances, like they, the ethnic people of the Balkans. That's it. It's inspired by the people in the Balkans who, who are not there. These are, you know, people like me, you know, kind of like, you know, folksy people who do this style of dancing. And it's beautiful and it's wonderful, but I don't like it because it's dancing, you know, and so, so I avoid it. And the way I avoid... You went to a camp. How do yes. you avoid it if you went to a Balkan dance camp? I have been avoiding dancing my whole life. You know, I, I'm the kind of person who spends, like, the prom hiding in the bathroom and, you know, the toilet seat because I don't like dancing. And um, in this case, though, I found, like, this little loophole in dance camp, which is that you could do a juggling class during some of the dancing. <laughs> so... I, I signed up for the. I signed up for the. Also jug Balkan juggling. Also it's, it's it's traditional American juggling. It's, okay, it's okay, pure gotcha. Americana juggling. Okay. Um, so I signed up for this juggling class. Yeah. I go to the juggling class. It's a kids juggling class. I'm the only the only. I'm the tallest one there, which is exciting. But on the other hand, I'm also the oldest, and I'm, a, I'm an adult, you know. And so, um, so I, I'm doing this, uh, you know, juggling class. And I'm there only because I I don't like dancing, and I don't like juggling either. But I. <laughs> I don't like dancing more than I don't like juggling, you know. Anyway, the, the teacher, who's the only other adult there, mm -hmm. uh, they had like a family emergency. They had to leave this wonderful, wonderful, sweet woman, and I had to take over the juggling class. Not knowing anything about juggling. Or children, yes. <laughs> or teaching. Okay. Yeah, or Balkan dancing, which was every, you know, which everybody else knows about there yes. because they were at that camp. And so, uh, no, so I had to take over. I was terrible. The class turned into mayhem, and I realized it's because this is a flaw of mine, but I want people to think I'm cool. You know what I mean? And so I can't discipline young people because I want them to love me and think I'm awesome. And so they were just like, we're going to throw the balls through the window and then create a bat with this stick. And I was like, that's awesome. We should all do that. We should... And then, you know, passing out cigarettes and everything. Wow, you know. wow, wow. Let me... Can I go back to something you said earlier on in the story? Sure. Is that... Do you implied that you and your wife didn't just go, you've been more than once to this Balkan yeah. dance camp. Yes, yes. This is a kind of um, thing where you don't le learn your lesson, you know, and then you do this repeat I'm guessing same. this is your wife's idea? This is mostly hers, and... Have uh, you been open with her about your reluctance, your loathing of organized human movement? Um, uh, <laughs> no, but she's going to watch the show tonight, and I think this is... That's what it's all about communication. Yeah. Healthy relationships are all about communication. That's right. Yeah. Good for you. 
Thanks a lot. Good for you. Um, people have been watching uh, the, 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 your Hulu series, Fleischman is in Trouble. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, but now you're not acting, actually. That's right. You're I... not acting in this new film. You, you, you wrote it and you're directing it. That's right, yeah. And, and it's called When You Finish Saving the World. Yeah. What's it about? Uh, it's about a mother and a son. Uh, Julianne Moore plays the mother. Finn Wolfhard plays the son. And uh, she runs a domestic violence shelter in the Midwest. And her mm-hmm. son is like this kind of like TikTok-style star online. Yep. And they just have like a clash of values. You know, she's he's a kind of, you know, capitalist teenage kid. And, uh, you know, he's just trying to make money from selling his music. And she's a social justice activist. And, and you as a director, mm-hmm. um, are you the kind of director because I'm always curious when actors make this this turn. Oh, Are yeah. you the kind of director you as an actor want? No, no, no. I was, <laughs> I was kind of like the person that I would secretly hate, you know what I mean? And then call my agent and tell them, why did you put me in this thing? Um, no, because, you know, as an actor, I love, like, getting direction from people. You know, as you could tell, I haven't formed myself yet. And um, <laughs> I love any kind of, you know, micromanaging or even macromanaging. I just love being managed. And as a... As a, as a director, I found myself just completely in awe and then, like, terrified of the actors. I was, you know, standing there with Julianne Moore, and it was my job to give her notes, and I was just thinking, she probably doesn't want to be here. She probably, she probably didn't want to learn the stupid lines I wrote last year, and so maybe I should just leave her alone. And then, of course, that's not how you, that's not how you make a movie or lead a team or do anything in this world. Yes. Yeah. I'm seeing uh, a pattern. Yes. It's like... Between this and the children who are allowed to do anything they want with the balls and the sticks and everything. Yes, yes. I, I feel like perhaps you shouldn't be left in charge of things. No, 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 no. Or, ra- or rather, maybe you should. Maybe the, I'm, I hear the movie is lovely, so maybe the, this non-confrontational style is actually very useful, but it works for you. No, it would have been lovelier. The movie would have been lovelier. If you yes, had, yes, if you had yes. done anything. And I self-actualized just prior to filming. Okay, yeah. we have a clip. Sure. Can you tell me what's happening in this clip, young man? Oh, yeah. Uh, the boy, Finn Wolfhard, is just trying to get his parents to listen to his music, and they don't want to. Jim. You don't play blues music, do you? No, I play folk rock. Classic folk rock with alternative influences. I don't know what that means. Well, I could play it for you. I just debuted a new song, Truth Aches. I could show it to you. What did you say it's called? Did you say Truth Aches? Yeah. Do you want to hear it? Well, I'm assuming that we're, we're not your target audience. Right. I mean, it's, it's geared towards teenagers. Am I right? Yeah, I, sure. Because it's incredibly unethical. White people playing blues music. Did you ever read Amiri Baraka? Who? Roger, please. Because he's very explicit on the issue of cultural appropriation. Roger. Dad, I don't play blues music. Now, we have to take a quick break, uh, but don't go away. Jesse Eisenberg is going to sing the Andorran National Anthem when we come back. The Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God, this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings early and ad-free starting May 1st with a 48 Hours Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. Ziggy, the, the Ziggy, the character played by Finn Wolfhard, yeah. uh, he, he's performing throughout the film. And yeah. do you understand you wrote some or all of the music that he 
performs? Yeah, yeah, my, my secret, I know you like musical theater, and my, my secret desire Who is Who told to... you I like musical theater? Well, let's, let's, let's keep this about you. Okay, cool. Um, so, yeah, I don't, like, know anybody who, like, likes musical theater, but, like, I do, and, um, like, no, my secret desire is to, like, uh, write musical theater. I mean, oh, really? yeah, 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 I've written musicals, none of them have been produced, and, um, so I felt like, okay, I'm making this movie, I could write all the songs, the characters are rock star, I could write anything I want, and then, um, I gave them to, like, I gave, you know, my versions of the songs with instrumentation I did it on GarageBand, and um, you know, no. I mean, you can't, you know sure, what I mean? Sure, sure, yeah, yeah, like the Beatles. And so, um, <laughs> anyway, so I, yeah, I gave it to the producers, and they said, you know, yeah, we heard the songs. Why don't you just, you know, meet a few composers? So I met this incredible composer, uh, Emil Mosseri, who just, you know, nominated for Minari for his work and you know his composition for the movie Minari. And uh, I sent, you know, proudly sent him my songs, and he, you know, he told me it sounded kind of like, you know, like a a kid who really likes Les Miserables, um, uh, you know, and maybe took like one class of musical theater at the local high school. So uh, he redid all the music, um, except there are a few songs in the movie that are like not good songs that you're kind of like laughing at. Those are mine. There's a song in here, a poem. Yeah. There's a poem in this movie, I understand, about the Marshall Islands. That's right, yes. Which is not a common subject for, for poetry. Yeah. And this is yours based on a project that you were doing? Yes. What, what is this project? Yeah, no, I wrote, I wrote songs like about all the countries because my wife is like this very cultured, traveled woman and I am- Balkan dancing. That's it, yeah. She doesn't just do regular dancing, it has to be Balkan. And I, you know, um, I'm not those things. And so I like to try to impress her and it didn't. Um, I, I, uh, I got all the, the national anthems from all around the world, and I started writing music, uh, lyrics to the national anthems um, to try to kind of remember things about the country and to, to impress her. And I could tell from your face, you're also not feeling love for me. <laughs> you, you also don't want to marry me. The same level of love as I had before the interview started. Sure. I'm just... I don't Don't they already have lyrics, most of them? Yes, they do in other languages. So I, I stripped them of their, their language. Oh, I stripped I them of their lyrics. Yes. And I, I wrote my own lyrics. Can you give of... me an example of like how, did you all the countries or like 170? No, no, no. 70, no, I got up countries? to like Burundi and stopped because it's really hard. And also. Give you me know, an A. Give me somebody in the I, A's. Okay, I mean, I, I did a song for Andorra. Should I, I? If you don't mind, would you like to hear the song for Andorra? Really? Okay, now luckily it's a small country, so I'm only offending a small group of people. But okay, so I could sing the Andorran national please, anthem with please. my lyrics. Please. Okay. <clears throat> this is the Andorran national. <laughs> this is so stupid. Sorry. It's the Andorran national anthem. It's a tiny little land. There's only 64,000 people there, a population I can count on one hand. So it's surprising that there are so many instruments required for this song. Where do they find the musicians out of only 64,000? Not a real competitive job to play the national anthem for Andorra. Thank you. Thank you for your service. Thank you so much. Thank yeah, you. Thank you so Jesse, much. Lovely to have you. Thanks so much. When lot. you finish saving the world is in theaters Friday. It's Jesse Eisenberg, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert. Just one more thing. If you want to see more of me, come to The Late Show YouTube channel for more clips and exclusives. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. 
The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.